Hello and welcome to episode 66 of Stay at Homer, the podcast where two British men on coronavirus lockdown in the UK rewatch every episode of The Simpsons from the start. Um, they, they call me Andrew Lowe. Yes, and they refer to me as Tim Tucker. And we are now on season four of The Simpsons, episode seven, which is called Marge Gets a Job. Yes. Uh, not the greatest um, <laughs> title, but... Um, written by Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein, or Weinstein. Yep. Um, yeah. Aired on November the 5th, 1992. What, was, what else was happening in, in, at that time in time, Tim, in 1992, do you know, in the news? No. <laughs> You've got, you got no idea. No. <laughs> I've prepared for one of your questions later, but it wasn't that oh, yeah. one. Oh, ah, okay. You're trying to sort of you're trying to circum circumvent that. Yeah, because I you, yeah. t- you always accuse me of not doing research. So um, <laughs> I've done a bit of research, but it's a specific point in the episode. We'll see if you ask yeah. me it. Yeah, I thought you might at least mention the uh, the first test flight of the, of the Airbus A330. <laughs> oh, that was like, yeah, that that eluded me. Yeah. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had an um, interesting. You know, we keep. Um, Asking for correspondence, and yeah. we've had we've had a fella called um, the boy you love to hate, which is obviously that's what he's calling himself. He's probably called Nigel or something. <laughs> but um, yeah. he's given us a bit of feedback to him. What has he said? Yeah, he says he says he really loves he really likes it. He says things are very Good. funny. But one one thing he said was, I wonder if you would consider um doing a bit of a musical break or a sort of a pause mid mid episode which is the trend in podcasts at the moment apparently is it so you know there's like a little bit of a musical interlude to sort of break up the yeah break up the flow of chat what what's your thoughts um, about that <clears throat> well i thought i don't like that i don't we're not going to do that <laughs> <laughs> so Fine. i just th- thanks for the thanks for the feedback but but we yeah we're not going to do that um, thanks though. Yeah, keep them coming, and we may do one of those things that you ask. Uh, yeah, I just don't. I just don't like that one. What have you been up to then? What have you been up to? Oh, um, this week. Apart from uh, the, you know, obviously, let's take it as red. The continuing sort of psychosis, lockdown psychosis. I've got two things that have been helping me. Go on. Uh, I've bought a straight, a cutthroat razor this week, Tim. <laughs> really? Is that now, what just arrived at the door? Yeah, now yeah. I, I don't want to worry you that there's no <laughs> specific reason for buying that. It's just for research for a scene in my book. <laughs> but I've always wanted a straight razor. It's quite manly, isn't it? It's quite male. Something about having a straight razor. Yeah. Like, you, know, I... you get your get your sort of soap and your brush and a bit of a mirror and you, you, you sort of use a straight razor to shave. It's pretty like cool. A, but like a real man. I'm surprised that did they let, did they let you buy that without any sort of questionnaire about the state of your mental health? Or? I bought it from Amazon. There's yeah. no questions about mental health, but they <laughs> they did say you've got to be over 18. And when the man delivered it, he insisted on seeing some ID. Oh, um, so well, I had to show him that I was over 18. That's quite and, flattering. Um, yeah. Yeah, but obviously, if there's no suggestion of me buying it to cut my wrists or something, no, they, no. they were they that Jeff Bezos had any concerns <laughs> about that, but. <laughs> But yeah, it was just for research, so there's that. And the yeah. other thing I've been that's been helping this week uh, yeah. is uh, I've been doing a bit of coffee sniffing, Tim. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do enjoy a bit of coffee sniffing. What? Just have you, have you been like just the waft of coffee, or um, I think you... it's just almost. It's like I don't. I mean, I'm not saying I'm getting any sexual gratification <laughs> from it, but it's sort of on that level. It's sort of it's yeah. It's a continuum. It's definitely doing something for me on an emotional level. 
having a bit of a deep sniff of some coffee. Uh, you know, the point where you start lining them up, um, you know, cutting lines of them yeah, on a mirror yeah. of coffee granules, that would yeah. be, that would pro- probably too far, I'd say. Coffee's sort of one of those things that I kind of like the smell of more than I like the taste of. Yeah. It's a weird thing that's like, oh, the smell's amazing if only it tasted like that. Right. <laughs> it never does. <laughs> so it's just sort of, we've got lots of different types of coffee. And every I've noticed, I've just noticed every time I do something in the kitchen, I yeah. just have a little... A little toot on the on the coffee. Yeah, I feel like I've done nothing interesting like that. Really? Just just been sort of really blank, staring at things for longer than I should stare at them. You know that sort of yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Catching yeah. yourself going, oh, I've been looking at that that flower pot for about <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> um, so just just like just a glassy eyed stare. <laughs> just um, oh, this little mark on the wall there. Yeah. <laughs> and just contemplating it for like two minutes and then have you ever done that in the car as well where you you find you've I've been staring at that dashboard for about 10 minutes surely I should be looking at the road have you ever caught yourself doing (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah surely surely you're concentrating on the on this high speed driving in the fast lane of the motorway as opposed to sort of being fascinated by the the font on my clock (laughs) or something yeah <laughs> yeah it's not a good sign is it it definitely uh feels like i need something to to kick me out of this stupor yeah um, i think one one thing that I, that helped me when i the other day was um i watched a, an old episode of the simpsons tim did you which one yeah it was series four mm. episode seven um, excellent marge gets a job brilliant let's talk so, about that andrew would you sh- mind yeah shall we yeah yeah, yeah. Go, go for it <laughs> so um Yes, it opens with uh, Marge going through the mail um, yeah. and them discovering, as they open the mail, that the house is sinking. Things are starting to slide towards the left side of the house, yes. um, which forces Homer into a bit of DIY action. Um, he reaches for a VHS called The Half-Assed Approach, or Half-Assed Approach, to Foundation Repairs, yeah. which is a brilliant bit of DIY um, tutorial Uh Courtesy of the great Troy McClure. That's right. <laughs> who, and, um, um, who announces, you may know me from such DIY videos as mothballing your battleship <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and dig your own grave and save. Which dig like. your own grave and save. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> it's a little bit that's grim. That's so good, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he just, he tries to follow it. And um, Troy McClure's talking about how he's, how he's trying to fix his, the padding in his wall or something. And he just doesn't <laughs> have the right thing. So no. it's kind of like a flowchart where, where Troy McClure says, have you got this type of uh, cladding? And Homer goes, no. And he's like, good, well, let me tell you. And that's the beginning of the end of the whole thing. He just can't keep up with any of it. No. And it, um, it's, it's fantastic, isn't it? I think any man watching that will will, will empathise with that terror feel, of trying to yes. you know, do any sort of DIY thing if you're not. If you yeah. don't have the DIY, do you have the DIY gene, Tim? Do you think? No, I'm, I am no, absolutely I void of it. Yeah, it's <laughs> so no, so bad. Know. And I love that he says at the beginning, um, for the next six hours, we'll be going through how to. Feel. I think, oh my god. <laughs> well, his next his next attempt is to get um, somebody in, and I love um, this little slightly recurring character, Surly Joe. And he turns up, and says, "Yep, yeah, yeah, it's going to cost you about eight eight five hundred bucks." Um, yeah. And Homer stupidly says, well, you're not the only foundation guy in town. Uh, That's right. But unfortunately, he discovers he is. He is. Yeah. Yes, he looks in the phone book and he is. Yeah, his, his uh, sales <clears throat> pitch is, I'm the only foundation specialist in town. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
so that's kind of knocked that on the head. Um, and it, this sort of, there starts this media circus around this. Uh, Kent Brockman announces it on on his show. It's quite a chronic situation, isn't it? Because the house is literally falling into the ground. It's sort of listing over and sliding in, yeah. in, into the ground. Yeah. And I can't remember where this happens, but Marge says, Homer says, oh, we can move out or something and, and I can live out my dream. Yeah, she, yes, that's right. a fantastic yeah. reverie and says, yeah. of my dream of living in the woods and keeping a journal of my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. um, and it cuts to a sort of um, reverie of that where he's in a hammock and surrounded yeah. by lots of woodland creatures. <laughs> but all his thoughts are, I wish I'd bought a TV. Oh, God, how I miss TV. <laughs> that's the only thought he's got. <laughs> Which brilliant. is pretty accurate, I think, in the situation that if that actually happened. <laughs> it's a twisted dream, isn't it? It's uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's prompted by Marge, who says she could get a job um, yeah. to help pay the 8500 bucks, But uh, Homer takes that as him retiring, which, of course, he can't. They both need to keep their job. Um, yeah. But uh, this was set up earlier, but they, they, they head off to a retirement party. Um, yeah, wonderful. For one of Burns' uh, <laughs> employees. Um, <laughs> Jack Marley, yes. At the, yeah. Before you get there, Andrew, um, the, it's at the Spruce Caboose. Did you want to ask me anything about the Spruce Caboose at all? If, uh, no, not at all, no. Uh, I'm not interested in anything not, about that. You don't, you're don't. not interested where that no. name might have come from? Uh, not really, no. It's named after the Spruce Goose, which was Howard Hughes' H4 Hercules that was a uh, an aeroplane that couldn't fly. It was mm. so big that people claimed yeah. it wouldn't be able to fly, you see. Did it? It did fly, yeah, eventually. Yes, but right. uh, but this restaurant is the Spruce Caboose, which was a, a massive train that they said would never uh, run. And uh, they were right. It didn't. It fell yes. over. And so they've handily built this sort of weird restaurant in the middle of it. Yes. And it's a kind of really, it's a really um, inappropriately themed, isn't it? To sort yeah. of uh, reflect the the um, the bloodshed involved in the, that happened, the uh, loss of life in the, in the crash. Yes. Because the waiter right. has is sort of headless. Yes. It's like a costume and he keeps bumping into things. But just to yeah. retain the sort of um the theme of this was a terrible crash and lots of people died. Presumably some were decapitated. That's right. <laughs> so, what I love this is the peak Simpsons, isn't it? We talked about this before yes, where yes. all they need is a retirement party. They could have had it anywhere and they they, <clears throat> they squeeze a gag in about the location yeah. of that, that retirement party. Yeah, outstanding, party. yeah. 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 Brilliant. And stuff. also and this and the great thing here is that Burns introduces the guy Jack Marley who's about to retire mm. and um, he <laughs> and I love that Homer keeps going boring <laughs> <laughs> he says and tries again and Homer goes boring again yeah. <clears throat> again and um, you just think how childish is that again it's a bit like him in the last last episode so what how it transpires is that Smithers has planned this kind of big dance routine sort of uh, song <laughs> and dance that uh, is wonderful, isn't it? It's a fantastically choreographed song and dance <laughs> related to how brilliant Mr. Burns is, but no yeah. reference to Jack Marley. <laughs> and um, he's like, fantastic. And then Marley says, <laughs> my favourite bit, Marley says, can I say a few words? And he's like, oh, me, 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 whatever. Yeah. And he steps up, this little nebbishy sort of old fella, and says, please don't make me retire. My job is the only thing that keeps me alive. I never married. <laughs> And my dog is dead. <laughs> and he says, not, they try and interrupt him. And he says, yeah. I'm not finished. And he says, oh, yes, you are. And two, two goons throw, throw him out of the train. It's so bad, isn't it? That is the uh, most fantastic. Um, yeah. Sort of just no, no compassion whatsoever. It's brilliant, yeah. Just, just disposing up. of this man. 
Yeah, which is all all to open up a job, which of course for the plot yeah. means that Marge can apply. She she suggests mm. this on the way home, uh, an entry level job in Sector Seven G. So Marge puts a, together a, a resume, as they call them in America. We call them a CV, mm. um, which she she goes with homemaker, but Lisa gives her a little padding, makes her out mm-hmm. to be a chauffeur, a seamstress, mm. a um, curator of large mammals. <laughs> yes, um, which is Homer. Just refers to Homer. Yeah. It obviously gets even more embellishment because we cut to Smithers reading it and he, his first line is, I thought Muddy Waters wrote that song, yeah. <laughs> which is a nice line. So they've pushed it a little bit too far, been a bit yeah. too creative and say, say that she speaks Swahili or something, but Smithers yeah, takes it, is taking him by it and she gets the job. And wonderfully, as she leaves, the other candidates, disappointed, go away. And heartbreakingly, Jack Marley is one of them reapplying yes. for his old job. <laughs> It's a fantastic callback. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> There's some nice little fantasy sequences throughout this episode, but um, when um, Homer's trying to basically dissuade her at the at the um, yeah. breakfast table, saying, you know, we can't work together. It's not good for a husband and wife to work together. And Lisa brings up Marie and Pierre Curie, who mm. work together, uh, sending Bart off into a brilliant fantasy of them. Yeah, uh, incredible. With... Yeah, extraordinary. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Where they're just two giant sort of... Uh... Yeah, monster, monster-sized versions of Marie yeah. and Pierre Curie just destroying the town, smashing up skyscrapers and things. Uh, she gets the job, and um, yeah, on the way there, Homer advises. There's an, another nice little tiny thread going through about Tibor, isn't there? Where Homer says, you know, but if 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 anything goes wrong, just blame it on Tibor, the guy who doesn't speak English. Have we seen um, Tibor? Yeah, we see. We do see him later, don't we? He's like this kind of um, sort of vaguely Eastern European fellow with a big moustache. Do we? Yeah, I'm not, I wasn't. We do aware see him was... later. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah. But we don't see him in this one. But I think he does no. come back as like a sort of, um, yeah, a foreign language doesn't speak English. Yeah, he's yeah. The, he's clearly the butt of the office, or is he? Well, as we'll find out. But um, as Smithers yeah. Smithers shows Marge to her office, he says, "Oh, that idiot Tibor lost the key." So, <laughs> um, so. <laughs> that's a good callback. Well, there's two callbacks to Tibor. I mean, sorry to talk about Tibor so much. Yeah, no, it's true. It's good. But it's, as you say, with Pete Simpsons, you know, nothing mm. nothing goes unnoticed or un unlayered. Yeah, and so it's kind of like Homer says we've learned we learn quickly that if something goes wrong, we blame the guy who can't speak English. Yeah, oh, sweet Tibor, you've got me out of so many problems. And yeah. then we see Smithers says, "Oh, that idiot Tibor lost the key." So you see, yeah. it must be Homer who lost the key. Yeah, he blamed <laughs> Tibor. And then later, there's a brilliant callback. We'll get to that anyway. There's another. Yeah, no, there is. Yeah, we'll remind you. Yeah, but yeah. um, and then uh, yeah, so she gets she gets to her office. Um which uh, apparently on a resume she said she invented the machine even though she didn't know how to mm. work it. Um, we cut to plot B, which is Bart yeah. at school. Um, he's kind of claiming he's sick on test day. Um, yeah. And another little thread here where uh, Mrs. Krabappel says, have you read The Boy Who Cried Wolf, Bart? And he says, yeah. I'm halfway through it, I swear. Um, yes. Which is a nice little uh, nice little thread through the, the B plot. Yeah, it's no um, good being halfway through The Boy Who Cried Wolf, is it? Because you no. only get the lesson at the end. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, brilliantly, this is great for Burns, isn't it, this episode? We see Burns yeah, yeah. spying on his employees. He's, he's, we've mentioned this before. He seems to spend a lot of time just watching TV video <laughs> of his employees at work. <laughs> but I love the fact they use the Imperial Death March to introduce him. That's right, yeah. Darth Vader's <laughs> sort of theme from Star Wars. <laughs> and it's he's it, watching. It? I like that he's watching. He's spying on all the employees on multiple TV screens. There's... Yeah. There's a good rule of three here. There's a there's one. There's yeah. a guy limboing under a pole that's set across <laughs> sort of two drums of radioactive waste. 
That's pretty the, bad. So, uh, and he goes, Jack and Apes. There's yes. a couple of guys playing chess with their radiation suits on. And he says, yeah. Lollygaggers. And then there's a sort of cockfight. Cock, and the little guy's cheering these two cocks on. And he goes, Noodleheads. So to be fair, I do sympathise with him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They don't seem to be doing a lot in terms of uh, maintaining a nuclear power plant there. No, not good for health and safety for sure. Mm. But um, the four, number four is he's, he spots Marge sitting alone yes. in her office and says, Enchantress. And he immediately falls in love, doesn't he, with Marge? Yeah, what an amazing cutaway to, to his heart. Yeah, because he says, My heart's Which... pounding like a jackhammer, he says. Yeah. It's the most incredible cutaway to just a quick shot, internal <laughs> shot of his, of his heart. This sort of black. Sort of kind of um, malformed, you know, like little organ, (laughs) just a sort of almost kind of semi just humorous bag that kind of squelches a little bit, (laughs) squelches in recognition of some sort of presumably some sort of distant emotion that it's not it's not used to feeling, and that's some twinge of eroticism, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's the kind of that's the equivalent of his heart pounding like a jackhammer. Brilliant, yeah. Again, they don't let anything go in this episode. Yeah, wonderful. So uh, he turns up next. Next, we see him turn up next to, to uh, Marge with um, uh, orchids and fragrant bath oils to lavish on her. Um, he says, and he says, oh, I do this for all new employees. And she said, well, well, that's uh, I don't, that doesn't explain why morale is so low at the uh, at the office. And we have another great rule of threes here. Oh yeah, with, yeah. With uh, you know, one person sort of drinking, taking sips of drink, looking really, really yes. poorly. Um, somebody else looking depressed with their head on the table. Well, and the sort third, of sobbing uncontrollably on it. Yeah. <laughs> And then the third is a guy who's saying, I am the angel of death and I seek vengeance. So he's definitely yeah, about he's, to go postal, he, isn't he? He's like got a twitchy eye uh, and he's holding this shotgun. He's like cradling a shotgun. Uh, and he says, I'm the angel of death. The time of purification is at hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing. That's a great one. Yeah. That is not somebody who, uh, you know... Um, <laughs> A responsible employer would dismiss no. was having low morale. You Absolutely. would definitely investigate that further. Well, wonderfully, she says, "Oh, maybe we could have a funny hat day or or the music." And they're all wearing the same people, just yeah. as depressed, but just wearing amusing hats. And um, he's <laughs> you got to him, and yeah, as you say, he just seems to snap and walks off in the background with the gun, cocks the gun. Cocks the it's, gun and walks off in the background. It's incredible. It's the final straw that, yeah, sets up that atrocity. You know, but obviously Burns is so in love with Marge that he gives her a new office, pushes Smithers into the men's room. He has to massive demotion down to cleaning the, the toilets. This is where Homer mentions um, he's used to people being promoted ahead of him. And I think this is where the T-ball reference comes up. Isn't yeah, it? he says friends, co-workers, T-ball. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a really good little callback again to T-ball, but... So here you see Bart getting off the test, another test by faking illness again. I do like his excuse this time because Bram- Grandpa asks him, um, "Have you ever read *The Boy Who Cries Wolf*?" And he says, "Yeah, sure. Boy cries wolf, has a few laughs. I forget how it ends." <laughs> <laughs> and again, yeah. the whole point of that book is how it ends. <laughs> yeah. Um, so next we cut to Burns dreaming of Marge, and he explains to Smithers that he dreamt of her last night. Uh, and he says, do you, do you ever have that dream, Smithers, where the, your loved one flies in through the bedroom window? Um, 
And of course, this leads to another brilliant cut scene of Smithers imagining just that uh, of Burns. Yes, wonderful. Quite a hideous scene. <laughs> um, oh, this is another, um, li- that little thread of the Surly, what's his name, Surly Joe comes back. Um, yes. And fixes yeah, I it. Love I love this, yeah. yeah. It's brilliant, isn't it? Because again, yeah. he's not at all Surly, he's really <laughs> pleasant to him. He says, oh, you know, you can fix that with a 50 cent washer. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's really nice. Yeah, he says, I've got some in my, in the in the truck free you can have one and yeah. he was like get my gun you know he's yeah. aggressively dismissive <laughs> yeah, he's like, I've got a better idea get my gun Marge yeah, yeah um. he just thinks he's sort of trying to upsell something but he's not he's being really nice like, and he's, he's cost him $8,500 yeah. and the problem is well, the problem could have been prevented so yeah. time to get a 50 cent washer so it doesn't happen again but typically Homer's like Get, get off my property. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they don't let Surly Joe go without another gag, which is brilliant. Um, yeah. But then, um, yeah, uh, but Burns says to Smithers, I want to plan something special for me and Marge. Um, <laughs> uh, and he says, uh, she likes Tom Jones. You know, let, let's get him to do, you know, to, to, to do something special. So we Now, who's Tom cut. Jones, Tim? Tom Jones is a, a Welsh singer, um, yeah. popular in the... 50s and 60s and still alive today um, yeah. contemporary of Elvis uh, well he was sort of he's a little bit seen as being quite um, sort of virile yeah very masculine yeah very masculine very well, sort of Welsh he makes quite a spectacle out of the idea of um, just a sort of bit of an alpha male mm. um, you know kind of um, peacocking around the stage but yeah. in a not in a sort of gay way, Tim, does he? He's very sort of male. Yeah, he's, he's very totally, heterosexual. Yeah. yeah, this is heterosexual stuff. There's nothing nothing funny going on here. And he's, um, <laughs> he's yeah, and he's completely, you know, he did a sort of famous cover of, of Prince's Kiss. Kiss, yeah. Um, yeah, sort of completely, completely ruining the, the, the genius sort of subtlety, the androgyny of that song. And the, yeah. by just making, turning it into some sort of leering... So sort of, come on, but um, <laughs> like, I like the equivalent of just sort of going up to somebody in a bar, you know, and like just yeah. delivering some sort of shit kind of pickup line compared to the sort of light-footed original. But um, but yeah, so he's he's quite a big, you know, popular. I would imagine yeah. he would be popular with the kind of with Marge's sort of demographic. Oh yeah, women used to throw their knickers at him on stage and their panties or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's famously yeah. I'm not really sure what you can do with that though. People throwing their underwear at you. <laughs> just what? What do you do? Just keep to save them? Yeah, it's quite unpleasant, that isn't it? It's sort of... <laughs> but yeah, he's um. So in this fantastic sequence where Smithers goes to see him do a gig, and it is obviously the real Tom Jones doing the doing yes. the voice. Yeah. And um, he says he he offers him a lot of money in a case, yeah. and he goes, oh, "Sorry, but I don't do I don't do private gigs." And then he he. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Oh, well, I'll have a look in this case," and yeah, <laughs> some sort of poison gas comes out <laughs> and puts him to sleep. <laughs> it's just, just the venality of some of this, you know, I mean, doing I, Burns's bidding like that. I like uh, that Tom Jones falls for that. Like, why would you have another case? Yeah, what, what? Yeah. He goes, "All right, He's I will," like, but I don't see what um, that's gonna. And then he sort of passed <laughs> Yeah, instead of saying, no, I've just told you, I don't do private gigs, mate. He just sort of goes, oh, okay, I'll have a look in that case. Yeah, um, by the by the way, they'd, um, I, I did skip a bit here because um, he'd suggested, first of all, digging up Al Jolson. Yeah, this is Burns with this Al Jolson um, uh, yeah. obsession again. 
And he says, he says, oh, I, I wouldn't do that again, sir, Smithers. And he says, oh, yeah, he's dead, isn't he? Yeah. Um, the rest of that night, I don't like to remember too well. <laughs> Which is, that's a wonderful um, bit to put in your head, isn't it, about what yeah. actually happened? What did, what did they do with the corpse of Al Johnson? <laughs> what kind of unspeakable acts were <laughs> performed? <laughs> I love that. Leaving that to your imagination, but yeah, yeah, wonderful. So they, uh, so yeah, they've knocked out, they've knocked out the real Tom Jones, um, <laughs> and we have another great gag here from that's weaved in. There is, it's a virtuosic episode in terms of how they they weave the plot together, in my view. But um, yeah, cut yeah, to the Krusty yeah. Studios, mm. where Krusty's got a giant, what well, looks like an eagle on his head. Um, oh yeah, wonderful. Yeah, because somebody's brought some animals in for the for the children. And then this brilliant Alaska timber wolf, and as you know, I'm a big fan of wolves. This is a brilliantly depicted wolf. Um, is that a real breed of wolf, Tim? Is it a resident wolf expert? Yes, there is such a thing as an Alaskan timber wolf. You don't sound that convinced there, I've got to say. <laughs> you, you sounded a little bit, I better pretend I do know this. <laughs> Hold on, you just went, give me yes, a moment. Yes, there is. <laughs> Give you a moment to Google it. Yeah, it's the um, it's a, the uh, the northwestern wolf is also known as the Alaskan timber wolf or Canadian timber wolf, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I made because well, the reason you're the wolf expert, just for people who don't know, obviously you're you you write books about wolves, don't you? Well, to be more specific, werewolves, which yeah. um, which don't really exist, but uh, yeah, that's yeah. why. Yeah, that's why I'm always on about them. Um, now available uh, on Amazon, aren't they? Both the books. Just just uh, just search T M Tucker. Thank you very, very much for that, Andrew. That's very yeah. kind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where you can also find your books, of course. Just search yeah. for Andrew Lowe. But um, yeah, let's move on. Yeah. Anyway, there's a brilliant scene, isn't it? Because the uh, <laughs> at that point, the the woman explains, yeah, he's quite safe. Um, it's just uh, yeah. he gets triggered by loud noises. <laughs> 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 and then, brilliantly, Crossy just belts out, "Loud! That's our special <laughs> word for the day." <laughs> and then the most cacophonous. <laughs> just a sequence of flashing lights and clanging noises and then the yeah. wolf looking absolutely terrified and freaked out it's great animation then, yeah. you know, literally the worst thing they could have done to sort of wind the wolf up and it crack, breaks away from its chain and runs yes. we missed that one thing here which was back in the B plot with Mark Bart at school um, oh, yeah. faking another test now this is this was an interesting one because she says that um, oh Bart not again you know you've to get out of the te- this test, you've faked all kinds mm. of diseases. Um, oh, and yeah. Miss Scrubble says, including that unfortunate bout of rabies. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the first time I saw this episode, it yeah. was the line was that unfortunate bout of Tourette syndrome. Yes, yes, yes. I I had exactly the same thought because he goes into yeah. his Tourette's routine, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so I did some extensive research then. Um, did you? About <laughs> halfway down the Wikipedia page. Um, <laughs> it explains why. Because... Um, there was some issues. Somebody complained about the Tourette syndrome, and, and somebody complained that it was um, making fun of, um, yeah, like a uh, real condition. Because Bart sort of does lots of ticks and goes shove it, witch, and yeah. says things like this yeah. uh, after, which obviously makes no sense as a kind of rabies riff. No, but it does as Tourette syndrome. Yeah. So just weird that they've they've included that bit where he's going doing the little ticks and swearing and, and being abusive, um, but yeah. they've changed the line from Tourette syndrome to rabies. Again, yeah, maybe they... not interesting to everyone, but but, but true. <laughs> I'm glad you did um, look that up because I was thinking that I, I was sure it was yeah. Tourette's, and I thought it might be a Mandela moment where you know I was in another reality. But no, that's um... yeah. No, somebody complained, and they and they yeah they um... it does make sense. I can imagine 
people with Tourette's being sensitive about that. Censorship, Tim. <laughs> Censorship. Censorship, yeah. Yeah. It's all wrong. Let's not go down that road. Yeah. So the, the wolf descends on Springfield, passing Chief Wigger, who says, nice doggy. That's his only response. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and it ends up at Springfield Elementary, where um, it attacks <clears throat> Bart, um, who cries wolf, literally. Uh, he says, yeah. wolf, wolf. Um, which is where that brings that whole Boy Who Cries Wolf subplot into focus. Um, saved only by a brilliantly macho groundskeeper, mm. Willie. Yeah, tears off his top, yeah. rippling muscles. And as he's as the wolf is kind of um, menacing Bart, he says, put down that whole dove, laddie. Time for the main course. <laughs> yeah, and then he pretty... <laughs> he sort of uh, pulls his top off. Well, the weird thing about this this version of the the boy who cries wolf is that when he does go back in to see Mrs. Crabapple, she asks him to tell him the truth, tell her the truth, and he says there was no wolf. Yeah. So I don't quite get that bit of it. Um, yeah. And then he collapses. Well, this is the flaw in this um, episode, and we'll get we'll get to it. We're nearly at the end. Meanwhile, um, this is one of my favourite ever Burns moments. Yes. I've got a couple of favourite ever Burns moments, but where he's looking at because Marge has rejected him. Sorry, we we skipped that bit. Didn't we? She she basically rejects yeah, him yeah. because he. Um, yeah, you know, she, he asks her to this this party, and she says, "Yeah, I'll bring my husband." And he says, "You have a husband?" And he says, "Of course." And he sort of imagines, yeah, this uh, curly haired, Teutonic, gold golden haired Adonis. He said, driving her this open top car, yeah, and very sort of uh, yeah. alpha male. And then he says, "Right, you're fired," yeah. which uh, which seems a little bit. Um, uh, I'm not sure if you can fire somebody based on the fact that. They're Although married. we have to say to him, we've missed out a bit where he tries to tempt her by showing her that. Tom Jones has, has appeared, has arrived, and um, <laughs> sorry, yeah. And some, well, she, he says, "Oh, if you look over there, it's uh, one of your favourite singers." And like, what is the one thing I really love about the Burns Mansion is these kind of secret panels in the walls everywhere, <laughs> really ominous. And this panel opens, and Tom Jones is there, waving with like a sort of forced grin. That one of the things I love about yes. this episode is just just the, the drawing, the animation of Tom Jones is is just perfect, and he's. Yeah. yeah, he's just sort of waving at her. So, and you just cut back and you see Smithers <laughs> has got a gun at his back. It's fucking That's dark, it. yeah, isn't yeah. it? And he's he's obviously <laughs> just waving at her. And he says something like that. So nice and easy or something. And he just smiles. Yeah, big smile. Big smile. Everybody's happy. And then she, she turns back to it and then the panel closes and just bops Tom Jones on the head as he sort of falls away. It's just awful. <laughs> she, she, yeah, she gets fired because, because she's got this husband and he says, you can't fire me, you know, I'll, I'll sue the pants off you. And he, he does this line of, uh, you, you don't need to sue me to get my pants off. That's, just, that's such a, an unpleasant line, isn't it? <laughs> he does his version of the, the sexy growl. Pre-Me Too, Tim. Yes, yes, exactly. One of my favourite Burns bits of all time is we cut back to him later, looking looking longingly at Marge yes. on her screen. Yes. And he's, he's drawn a little moustache on her. And he says, look at all those flies buzzing around <laughs> your head. You're a mess, woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really dark. Just yeah, such an inappropriate response. Yeah, he's, he's uh, yeah. <laughs> something. Well, he's something he's not. He can't have. You know, he can't handle it, can he? Something he can't just demand, no. and he can have it. Um, no. And I would perhaps I would argue Tim that there's a comment there on you know white male privilege. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, just the, the sort of the anger of white of you know white men who are used to basically mm. rich white men who are used to getting what they want. When they don't get it, yeah. they have a bit of a tantrum, mm. uh, and mm. we've seen that re- recently, haven't we, at the uh, presidential election? Yeah. So this exactly. gag goes yeah. right to the top for me. <laughs> but um, 
It's toppling governments. Yeah, but again, what's um, great here, we get another secret panel in the wall, which I really like this one, where Marge yeah. brings in Lionel Hutz to build a sexual harassment seat against Burns. And then Hutz comes mm. in, threatens Burns, but then he presses a button yeah. and another chamber <laughs> in the wall opens and he's got like a, a phalanx of lawyers permanently, <laughs> just apparently permanently standing in the wall, in the wall chamber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and but and Hutz gets freaked out, runs away, and that's it. He's that's all he has to do is just reveal his his lawyers, his captive yeah. lawyers. When it when he's gone, Homer says, "Oh, he left his briefcase." Um, it's just full of shredded newspaper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why do people keep using him? Why do people keep using Lionel Hutz? He's clearly just hopeless. <laughs> he's just cheap. That's yeah. the thing. He's a cheap person. It's like Doctor Nick. Yeah. But Burns does have a bit of a volte face. If I may put it that yeah. way, here and says he, he he appeals. Well, Homer appeals to him and says, "I can't remember what he says, but he basically talks him round." And and Burns says, "Okay, well, you, you know, you've got to show her the time of her, her life." He says to Homer, "Yeah," and he says, "Marge, we're getting some drive through, and we're doing it twice." Which is yeah. a lovely, <laughs> lovely romantic uh, notion of showing her the time of her life. Yeah, but instead, Burns shows shows him how to do it properly by throwing a massive party. Yeah, with Tom Jones singing, fireworks are blazing. Tom Jones chained to the stage, yes, like, with like a kind of leg iron. And my fa- one of my favourite moments ever, yeah. he goes, "Get help, love. Get me a hacksaw. Call Interpol. Yeah. Anything." <laughs> he just bends <laughs> down and whispers to Marge. <laughs> yeah, she takes it as a kiss, um, but he, he's trying desperately to get to get free. Yeah, poor, poor Tom Jones. I do worry about Tom Jones once this episode is finished. Like, what when Burns is done with him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How long has he been in captivity? There, like, you know, it's, it's, obviously, it's obviously a few days, isn't it? One thing I really that really makes me happy. Well, that that bit is obviously very good, but. I love that yeah. I read about that during the production of the episode that he was apparently fantastic. He was brilliant fun, and he offered, you know, offered to do a concert for the yeah. production crew and all kinds of things. So oh, it's really? lovely to hear oh, that nice. he he really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, he's a good guest. One, yeah, of, one of the yeah. great guests. Um, and that is the end of the episode. Yep. Um, what are you giving this, Andrew? Nine. Okay. I'm giving it nine because um, I think I love it. It makes me laugh a lot. There's loads of really great bits in yeah. it. As you say, we're in Peak Simpsons. There's nothing that's, you know, that's unexplored or un- unlayered, mm. called back to. And it's a 10 for me. It's just that subplot, just as a little bit detached. That's the only thing. And we've been okay. really tough on the episodes yeah. now. Um, it's yeah. just Peak Simpsons. Everything, so many great mm. bits about it. It rattles along. It's so packed. Yeah. It's so nutritious yeah. in terms of the gag factor. Yeah. But um, there's so many great. There's some fantastic burns horror um mm. there's wonderful homer lines and yeah yeah you know everything makes the show the show good at this at, in this phase um but mm. just that that sort of bar crime wolf business just feels a bit tacked yeah. on to me and that's the only thing that sort of stops it being a 10 it's, it's funny in its own right in a kind of way but yeah. that's the kind of thing they would just throw away normally just with one sequence in order to get Bart somewhere else yeah they'd go oh he's yeah, faked yeah. a test yeah. he's faked the illness to go get away with a test and then this happens but they just seem to mm. I don't know why it's just, it's an odd thing isn't it that they just seem to build to this fight with Willie at the yeah. wall, which is funny but it's I don't know it just seems a little bit normally a key, I, a key episode would mean. be that, that B plot would relate to the A plot um, somehow we've been yeah, yeah. And we've seen yeah. episodes like that I think and so 
Yeah, it's kind of mm. like a nine, borderline eight point five. But I'm in a, I'm in a charitable mood, so I'm going to go nine. Oh. See, I I was I was fully prepared to give it a ten for the gag because I laughed so much during yeah. it. But you've just talked me down to a nine point five. Really? Okay, good. So I'm slight. Yeah, I'm slightly because I I, I think I might. Uh, I might give it the extra 0.5 for having a wolf in it. Yeah, yeah. That's just you. and you're, you know, you just, That's your prerogative, Tim, you know. You and your sort of wolf, um, like minor wolf fetish that you've got. I love it for that. And I, I can't stop laughing thinking about the, you know, loud being the word of the day at, at exactly the inappropriate moment. It just it just keeps me happy. That It's just that no one saw that through when... <laughs> What I love is that Krusty's not listening to her because yeah. the minute she says loud, he, he gets so excited that it's the word of the yeah. day. He, do, he doesn't go, oh, I'll cut that because the, the wolf will get freaked. <laughs> he just goes with it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's also a massively inappropriate <laughs> studio guest. It's, it never goes well to have animals in a studio, does it? You can think of so many examples. What's the one with the big bear? Yeah, that's Gentle Ben, isn't it? It's when he comes in the yeah. studio and no Ben and then just goes, runs amok and falls on the kids and obviously there's, a, there's carnage. And it cuts. Yeah, that's amazing. That's to come. So nine point five from me for for those reasons and from for the great burn stuff. I think. Yeah. Anything else to say before we wrap up? Another great episode, you know, and mitigating yep. the misery of our our current predicament. Just um, anything that just yeah. a little tw- twenty four minutes of pleasure per week. Yes, I'll, I'll take that at mm. the moment. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> We're now two episodes yeah. away, Tim, from the mighty Mister Plough. The mighty Mister Plough. We're gonna uh, we're gonna have a guest for that mm-hmm. one. Which uh, more details on that very soon. Yeah. Um, well, stay at home pod at gmail dot com if you want to send us an email with some feedback. Um, even though we uh, sort of brutally dismissed the one bit of feedback we mm-hmm. did get this week, but don't let that discourage you. <laughs> Just keep it coming. Uh, and <laughs> Please also, don't. we're on Twitter. I yeah. can't remember what. The- <laughs> handle is I think it's stay at home a pod um, and there's a Facebook page yeah search Facebook could be on yes. there stay in touch keep well and um, yeah continue to exist <laughs> we'll see you next time see you next time dig your own grave and save is amazing you might cut this but I think it's funny there's a thing <laughs> on the in the that occasionally you see on the sort of nether channels when you're watching the TV you get a sort of advert for some kind of will, um, you know, write your own will or sort of pay for your own funeral. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why not, you, you know, why not sort of start now saving for your own funeral? And um, it's, <laughs> you just think, yeah, great. And um, <laughs> and there's one on at the moment by with uh, Alan Titchmarsh, who is a sort of a British um, gardening Brexity type yeah. <laughs> bloke. Yeah, irritatingly um, cheerful, yeah. Yeah, sort of cheerful, a bit northern, but quite <laughs> avuncular in a certain way. Yeah. And he's it's a fantastic beginning. It just reminded me of a Troy McClure beginning because <laughs> you see him um, tending to some sort of a window box or whatever. Yeah. And I'm not joking, this could have been written by John Svartsford or something. He says, really? he turns to the camera and he says, well, in a few years' time, I'll be pushing up the daisies. <laughs> So, 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 I'm starting to think about my paying for my funeral. It's just the darkest thing, and it's just so completely Simpsons. It's like Troy McClure. That's genius. Yeah. He's sort of looking at his flowers. He goes, "Huh, 
you know, it just occurred to me, yeah, I'll be pushing up the daisy soon. It's just the most <laughs> awful realization. <laughs> yeah, of ending mortality. In, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, in a few years' time, the you know wor- <laughs> worms will be burrowing through my sightless eyes. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> Perfect. Dig your own grave and save. Anyway, sorry that just jumped. 